Pastor Ray Bentley points out, believers can have a settled reassurance in the fact that our Savior has us in His hands. If I were to ask you, how many of you have something or other in your life that's making you afraid? We could probably all raise our hands. And Jesus is saying, why? You have no reason to be afraid because there is nothing to be afraid of, for I am with you, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. Hallelujah. Spread the news of his people coming down before the King. Lift your voice, Jesus is coming, join the song, sing along, let it ring. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. It may make us marvel that the wind and waves obeyed Jesus when he commanded, peace be still. But considering he was the creator of the wind and waves, maybe it would be more surprising if they didn't comply. Today, Pastor Ray points out, given Jesus' power and authority, we're safe and secure in his hands. Shall we open our Bibles to the gospel, the good news according to Mark chapter four. The title of the message, Valuable Lessons. We come now to the parable of the growing seed. Jesus is trying to explain to his disciples what the kingdom of God will be like and what it will look like. Now, of course, shortly he is making his way to Jerusalem. He has already told them and will tell them again uh, that he is going to be rejected and crucified and fulfill the ancient uh, prophecies about the suffering servant of the Lord and then rise from the dead and ascend into heaven. And so what will then the church look like or what will the kingdom of God look like after he has risen from the dead? And he, he uses this parable to describe it. We read in verse 26, and he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how, for the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, and after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. So Jesus is describing the kingdom of God and he, he says it's like, he uses the analogy that a farmer would use of seed uh, and putting it into the ground. And then once the farmer has prepared the ground, once he has planted the seed, then he has to be patient. He has to wait for the harvest to come in. So he talks about that he sleeps at night, he goes out during the day, he tends, pulls maybe the weeds, he's waiting and he's watching. Uh, but there's something mysterious that is going on. And as I mentioned here in your notes, only God can make the seed grow. Only the Lord God can make his kingdom grow. Amen? And then he goes on to tell another parable. In verse 30, then he said, to what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture it? Ah, he thinks of one and it comes easily to mind. It is like a mustard seed, which when it is sown in the ground is smaller than all the seeds on earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater 
than all herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. All right, so Jesus is explaining to a very small group of followers and disciples the nature of the kingdom of God. And so the one thing that he mentions and takes notice of this little mustard seed, he is telling us that the kingdom of the Messiah will have very small and very humble beginnings. Now, it is the greatest desire of all of us to be like Jesus. How many of you want to be more like Jesus? then do not be afraid of small beginnings, humble beginnings. So often we think about ministry and we wanna wanna jump in to something big because we wanna make a big difference or maybe have a big impact. But here we have the Messiah, the servant of the Lord who is willing to humble himself and to come down and to be born and to be incarnate into human flesh and whose ministry, you know, is so small and and is so humble in its very beginning. It's like a mustard seed. Even the Messiah, who is God manifest in the flesh, his ministry began humble and small and unobserved in so many ways, like a mustard seed. So when you think about the the ministry of the Messiah, here you have Jesus, and and you essentially have, so you have a rabbi who has, uh, from Galilee, called 12 men to be part of his religious movement. This was extremely small, even within the Jewish world. If you only had 12 followers, uh, within the, you know, the various groups and the various camps. You had the Pharisees, you had the Pharisees, uh, Sadducees, you had the scribes, you had uh, the scholars, you had the lawyers, you had all kinds of groups, let alone the business and the politicians. And here the Messiah begins his ministry with 12, 12 followers. Now add to this that this is the messianic kingdom that according to the prophets would have a global outreach and impact upon the world. And where does God choose to begin? He chooses the smallest amount of people, the Jewish people who make up less than one-tenth of one percent of the population of the whole world. He couldn't have picked a smaller group of people. They are one of the smallest, maybe not the smallest, but certainly right there in competition for the smallest a group of people anywhere upon the planet. And then it's interesting that having begun so small, then Jesus, uh, according to some commentators, goes on to describe that this tree grows and has birds lodging in its branches, and they make reference that Jesus may have been referring and quoting the book of Daniel. If you remember the book of Daniel in chapter four, verse 12, and Nebuchadnezzar, and there's this image that is given of a a tree representing his life, and it has branches that grow and that are large and that are huge, and, and even the birds nesting in it, and it was God's way of revealing to him that, that I have given to you an empire that reaches beyond the borders of your own country, Uh, here in Babylon, and you are literally nourishing many nations, 
many Gentile nations, many people around the world. So in this context, the birds seem to apply to the Gentile nations of the earth. And even as the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar encompassed the ancient world, so Jesus is now saying that the kingdom of God, though it's going to start in this tiny little land of Israel with this tiny group of people, the Jewish people, and even with that, he only has 12 of them right now, that this movement started by the Messiah, the fulfillment of the prophecies of the Bible will have an impact that will touch every nation, every language, every kindred, and every tribe around the world. What starts with Jesus and 12 Jewish followers will expand beyond the borders of Israel and will impact every nation and every continent on the planet. And so that one day the gospel will have gone all the way around the world and even come back again as a witness there in Jerusalem so that they will say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And God will pour his spirit out even there in Jerusalem and upon uh, Mount Moriah and Mount Zion and the kingdom of God will come in all of its fullness and all of its glory. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, okay, let's look at this last story. So we have the parable there and it says in uh, verse 33, and with many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. But without a parable, he did not speak to them. And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. Now, verse 35, this is where we're going to get some personal application for all of us here that I think is very, very important from a very famous story. On the same day, so when we read that, we realize that it's the same day as what? The same day that Jesus had taught the disciples with many parables, the parable of the seed, you know, growing uh, mysteriously, the parable of the mustard seed that will start so small with such humble beginnings and yet it'll spread all around the world. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Oh man, this is, is this a great story? This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And what is Jesus wanting to communicate to his disciples? That he is the master of every situation and he is the conqueror of every enemy. And here is Jesus' question to his disciples. It was really, this was not the end of teaching and now they're going out into the boat. This very story was the final lesson of the day. 
And Jesus had a question for his disciples then, and that same question Jesus is asking you and I, who love him and are following him tonight. Why are you so fearful? If I were to ask you, how many of you have something or other in your life that you're, that's making you afraid? We could probably all raise our hands. Something that is either pulling us or pushing us or making us afraid. And Jesus is saying, why? You have no need to be afraid. You have no reason to be afraid because there is nothing to be afraid of for I am with you, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Hallelujah. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. So many listeners have shared comments on what Pastor Ray's teaching has meant to them. Thank you, Pastor Ray, for allowing God to use you in a mighty way. We are all blessed because of it. Your legacy in Christ lives on through your ministry and your family. We love you so much. Pastor Ray's teachings continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website at www.raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. The purpose of teaching God's Word is so that our faith will grow. And I like the word uh, trust. Faith means to believe in something, like I believe that the sky is blue. But the word trust is something that is far more personal, intimate, and emotional. Trust, that's what God is interested in. The purpose of teaching God's Word is to grow our faith and faith must be tested. Faith that trusts in God must be tested. So it's not enough just to learn more stories and learn more lessons and, and be able to pass on what you've learned to other people. We must also learn to put that lesson into action by faith, by trust. So when God gives you new information, you learn something new about the kingdom of God or about your faith or about what it means to walk in Christ, then the Lord gives you the information and once he has given you the new information, then he tests you to make sure that you have personally gotten a hold of that truth, that you trust in him. So I went, I'm going to say that all of us here tonight, how many would, would agree you're, you're not perfect yet? We have some agreement out there. Okay, so what is, what is God's goal? Perfection. Did you know that? How many of you knew that God's goal for your life and mine is perfection? He says, be holy, or I am holy. What's holy? It's perfect. Now I know we're not gonna be perfect until we get to heaven, but the point is, there's always room for progress. You never arrive. And I want to encourage you, uh, don't be discouraged because you still are incomplete or that you're still needing to grow. We're all in the same boat. We're all in the same place. We all need to grow. You never arrive. Abraham, you know, 100 years old, and God said, okay, now Abraham, I can test you. You're like, what? I, I've been following you for a hundred years. Yeah, but Abraham, all of that was preparation for this test. Well, can you imagine where we are then? Everything that you've learned up until now is good, and, and the tests you've passed have been preparation for the test God has for the future. Here's the reason that God tests us. He wants us to grow. 
And, and there's no one more committed to you passing the test than your father in heaven. And here's also the good news. If you don't pass the test, don't worry about it. You get to take the test again. <laughs> How many of you have ever found, you know, you, you get into this deal and it's a test. You're like, oh, ooh, you know, run away or whatever. And you kind of wiggle out of it. Okay, I'm done. I don't, I don't want to deal with that again. And then you go around that you, you decide to go a totally different direction. And the next thing you know, you're like, I'm right in the same place I was before. It's like the, the room went around in a circle and I'm right back where I, how did this happen? Because God knows. And he will not let you move forward until you pass the test. And he is so committed to you passing the test, he will let you take it again and again and again. So you might as well pass the test that is there before you. The disciples here are brought to a test. And this is why God allows trials into our lives. Trials require me to trust God in new ways that I have not trusted before. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a trial. If it was easy, it's not a trial. Oh, I've done this before. No sweat. Okay, good. Good for you. But that's not a test. You're not growing. A trial is when you are stretched just a little bit. And, and God is very good. He knows how to bring it just beyond where we are, just beyond our comfort level, our maturity level. So now, oh man, I, I got to trust deeper than I ever have before. That's a good place to be. That is a sign that your father loves you. And I wonder how many I'm speaking of tonight that God is, you can see it out there. It's like the, the carrot, uh, you know, that, that's right before you. And the Lord is testing you and he's given you a trial and he is asking you to trust in him. Here was the test of a storm. Now question, did Jesus know a storm was gonna be coming on that trip? I think he probably did. And the storm was part of the curriculum. <laughs> now because Jesus, he, he, he passed all the tests so he could go ahead and be asleep <laughs> at the bottom of the boat. He doesn't need to worry about it. But I like this, the question is not how bad the storms are, but rather do we have Jesus in the boat when the test comes? Listen very carefully. The question is not how bad the storms are. We get locked into the test and the trial. Wow, this is unfair. This is beyond my capacity. No, the question is not how bad the storms are, but rather do we have Jesus in the boat? Let me put it another way. It's not how, we're not to become enamored with how big the test is that God has allowed or the trial that God has allowed to come into our lives. That's not important. It's not even the focus. The only thing that is important when a trial comes is, is Jesus in the boat with me? If Jesus is in the boat with me, then it doesn't matter how big the storm is. That is the lesson the disciples needed to realize, that they were not alone, that Jesus was with them. And in verse 35, the word of Jesus had already been given, let us cross over to the other side. He didn't, now, you could have been worried if, for instance, Jesus had said, let us cross over to the other side, except Peter. Okay, get in the boat. It's like, hey, wait a second, Lord. But he didn't leave Peter out. He didn't leave any of the other disciples out. He said, let us 
cross over to the other side. That includes Jesus and everybody with Jesus in the boat. So you wanna make sure that Jesus is with you, that Jesus is in your boat, wherever you may be, doesn't matter where the storm's coming from, what direction, how big, how violent, etc. because Jesus is bigger than the storms. That's what God wants to teach you, amen? amen. So let's go through these quickly uh, here in your notes. Number one, here's some things we learn. When Jesus says something, we can count on it. When he said, let's cross over to the other side, it wasn't a suggestion, it was a statement of fact. It was a promise. Therefore, nothing can hinder his word or his work. Note, not even nature. God was teaching them something new. He'd already shown his power over demons. He'd already shown his power over disease. Now he's showing, I can control the wind and the waves. So you have nothing to fear. Number two, he didn't promise an easy trip, but he did promise a destination. We're gonna get to the other side. He didn't say it's gonna be comfortable. He didn't say it's gonna be easy. He didn't say there will be no contrary winds or no storms, no trials, no tests. No, but he did say, we're going to get to the other side. You will make it if Jesus is with you in the boat. Amen? Number three, most importantly, Jesus himself was with them. So what was there really to fear? Answer, nothing at all. In fact, uh, everything else must fear the Lord. And that's the beginning of wisdom. Jesus, who is our model, in the storm was at peace, even in the midst of the storm. And they should have, when they looked at Jesus sleeping, they got irritated. The fact that Jesus was sleeping should have been a word of encouragement. If Jesus is at rest and at peace, everything's okay. If he's up and he's agitated and he's saying, okay, now what Lord, what am I missing? But the fact that Jesus was there in the boat and he was asleep, he's at rest, he's at peace, then you can be at peace. I love Psalm 4, verse 8. Let's read this out loud. I will both lie down in peace and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Jesus was able to sleep in the storm because he was totally secure in his Father's will. He was leading by example. He knew the Father would bring him to the other side. He knew his father would care for them. He knew what the will of the father was. Therefore, by abiding in the will of the father, you have nothing to fear. And all you have to say is, Father, thy will be done. I wanna be in the center of your will. <laughs> so many people are afraid of the will of God. Man, that is the safest, most wonderful, peaceful, glorious place to be is when you are then afraid and run away from everything that's not His will, and all you wanna do is run right to where His will is. That's the place of absolute bliss, glory, joy, happiness, and the peace of God. It passes all understanding, amen? Great reassurance from Pastor Ray Bentley today from our studies in the Gospel of Mark. Glad you've joined us here on Maranatha Radio. Today's study is titled, Valuable Lessons. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. Also, click the word media 
and you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo, three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And you'll also find Pastor Ray's books there at raybentley.com. His new book, The Final Witness, is an engaging prophetic fiction novel, part of the Elijah Chronicles series. It's riveting and educational at the same time. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Or our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Well, next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Mark. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.